Hello and welcome to another As It Occurs To Me Retro Friday. And this is the big one, my fan friends. It's Motorcycle Clothing Shop all over your sweet, sweet asses. So I hope you're going to enjoy this week's show. Uh, there's also a big bit about wanting to pull down statues. I'm not saying I'm a visionary. This was June the 21st or something, 2010. I'm not saying I'm Nostradamus, that is for other people to say. If you like all this stuff, why not become a monthly badger and get loads of benefits? Go com slash badges, loads of backstage interviews. We're sticking up loads of other bits and pieces as well at the moment. Do check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash rkherring, and you can watch me most nights doing some kind of malarkey. Wednesday nights we are recording new Rahalastapas live! On twitch.tv slash rkherring. Let's go back to the time that I passed a motorcycle clothing shop and I made comedy history. As it occurs to me, as it occurs to me, as it occurs to me. And please welcome the man it's all occurred to, Richard Herring. Yes, that's right. I'm back, motherfuckers! Hello! What do you know? I've finally got to start one of these things without some tiny member of the Collins family here to ruin it. Uh, Welcome to AI Ottoman! It's the revolutionary and increasingly bizarre stand-up and sketch show about the things that have been going on in my life this week, which gets written, recorded and zapped into your ears in an astonishing 48-hour period. I have to admit that the relentless pressure of delivering 60 minutes of anal sex jokes and nothing else a week has started chipping away at my fragile mental state like a woodpecker with a diamond-encrusted beak pecking at a porcelain vase, or a gibbon trying to recreate Michelangelo's David with a block of ice and a sledgehammer, or a massive cock with a bayonet on the end (laughs) taking the anal virginity of a kitten. But hopefully I can make it to the final show with some vestige of sanity and my feline anal hymen intact. Which is not a sentence you'll hear very often. And yesterday was Father's Day, where everyone in the UK celebrated all the men who've been irresponsible enough to have sexual intercourse with someone without adequate contraceptive protection. Yeah, well done to all you millions of fucking idiots out there who've added to the woes of an already overcrowded and dying planet by sticking your dick in a hole and spunking up in it without a thought for the consequences. You deserve a card with bits of pasta stuck to it. And a mug saying, world's greatest dad for that. You must be very proud of yourselves. Another mouth to empty the world of food and another arse to fill it up with shit. (laughs) You deserve your day because it's not like society already revolves around you and lords you for your fecundity all the fucking time. How about a day where we celebrate all the people who've managed to get through their life without bearing any children? The people who've managed to have sex properly for pleasure without it leading to unwanted spawn the people who take care to make sure that their sex excrement if you will their sex excrement does not meet with that of others and coagulate and meld into human form where's our fucking day every kid in the world should be making us breakfast in bed and bringing us presents and thanking us for not filling up the world with even more people that it doesn't need and thus giving them some chance of living in a future where there's water and oxygen and some land 
I want my day. I want my card with dried pasta on it. I want my wonky spice rack without having to go through all the trouble of raising some demanding and self-centred tiny version of myself. Well, a more self-centred version of myself. (laughs) Or at least we should have a day when parents are made to feel ashamed of what they've done and have their face tattooed with the words, Enemy of the Planet Earth. whilst their spawn walk around with signs around their necks saying, I am sexcrement. Please dispose of your fluids responsibly and stop this rither of human sewage destroying us all. And please welcome the cast of AI Ottoma. TV's Emma Kennedy, who should be applauded for living for 43 years without shitting out a single child, even though that is largely because she is so hideous that no one would even imagine unpouching her clack-a-lack-a-dack-dack, let alone putting anything in it, which is why it remains untouched, even by the most sexually desperate barge poles. Give her a round of applause. There she is. That's Emma Kennedy. Hello. And also the shameful Dan Tetzel and Christian Riley, who have both unleashed their stubby penises and created walking, talking sexcrement, and who must be booed for their enviro terrorism. Abu! Yeah, fuck you. Uh, anyway, Dan, anything happened to you this did, week? Have you, uh, have you spunked up anywhere without thinking of what might result from, for example, is that happening? No, never again. No, okay, no. Okay. that, uh, that cost me a lot of money. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, can I do a plug? You know, I haven't written a book like every other cunt on the stage, but uh, I am in a television programme starting tomorrow, Tuesday, June the 22nd. BBC Three. BBC Three. BBC Three. But it's called Mongrels. It's about a fox, so that's good timing. Uh, yeah, it's good, yeah. Yeah, another publicity stunt today, I saw. Uh, so if it's not pulled from air... Uh, fingers crossed. Um, there is a tasteless joke about E. coli. A couple of minutes, but do watch that. It got twice as many stars in Time Out as Lee Nelson's Well Good Show. So uh, two stars. <laughs> but it is good. So Not as many adverts on the telly for your thing. Though, no, so. no, no, no. Never mind. No. Uh, so how about you, Christian? Have you managed to get through another seven days without shooting your semen into a lady's ovum? <laughs> no, actually. No, you haven't. Well done. Good work. <laughs> Good work. Anything happen? I don't know how you pass the time. No, no, I think something. I'm going to do a plug as well. I'm, oh, what's this on. turned into? It's not. <laughs> we're as bad as the advertisers for the Trinity Mirror. We are here. <laughs> yeah, you've got to come and see the first half of the show if you're going to understand all the jokes. <laughs> I will Go on, plug re- away. We'll have to remember to show up to that. <laughs> one, one of these weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I'm doing a show at the, at the Sheffield Comedy Festival, Grin wow. Up North. Wow. And this week I've been trying to come up for a t- title for it, and yeah. uh, they're not going with my idea, and I wanted to call it Soapy Titwank, <laughs> a show about Gaza. <laughs> like, I'd go and see that. And I just, if, so if anybody wants to s- suggest anything... What about Christian on a bike? That would be a good size. Uh, we get the overspill. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Put Richard Herring, rubbish Richard Herring in big letters. Uh, how about you, TV's Emma Kennedy? I trust your womb yes. is still empty of sexcrement. Well, what obviously. have, what have yeah. you been doing apart from failing well, to have sex? It, it was Father's Day, wasn't it? Father's, it was Father's Day, Day yesterday. Day, and, uh, and of course, I went home to, to see my beloved father. And uh, as always happens when I go home, is I have to have a chat with my mum first. 
And, uh, well, my dad cooks lunch in the kitchen. He's sort of banished to the kitchen, and my mother has to have this session. And she always starts, always, without fail, begins with, your father is driving me mad. And I said, why? What, what's happened this time? And she went, since your book's been in the bestseller list, he's been going down to Waterstones every day and standing next to your book and waiting for someone to pick it up and then going, I'm in that. <laughs> I'm in it quite a bit. In fact, I'm the hero. And then asking them if he wants them to sign it. So there's that. To be fair, you do that with my book, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. And then, uh, then, uh, obviously, because the football's on there, my mother said, oh, this football's driving me mad. I I can't watch it. I can't watch it with all those vulva la las. So, like we've renamed the Pimpod, I yeah. think we should call them Vulva La Okay, now, that's good. You? We will do. Okay. Anyway, let's see what has occurred to me this week. Friday. It was England versus Algeria, and the nation was praying we could hold on for a nil-nil draw. Uh, thank God we managed it. That was all those prayers. I was I was disappointed when Capello dropped ball-fumbling chump Robert Green as goalkeeper for England. Uh, I think it would have been more effective management to have played to have played Green in goal again, but to have cut off one of his hands as a punishment for his transgression and told him he would lose another appendage for every future error he made. Now you've got to treat them mean to keep them keen. Friday. Watching the England game, I find myself wishing I'd been offered another gig in Earl's Barton tonight, rather than having to witness this shit. Yes, it was that bad, so bad, that I would rather have been in Earl's Barton, which I think we should try and make into a popular saying. Uh, The team were all playing as if they'd just found out that everyone else on the side had been fucking their wife. Uh. But good to see that Algeria adopted my wearing a grass-coloured kit for camouflage idea. I told you it would work. Sunday. Up-and-coming comedian Jack Whitehall was photographed by a Sunday newspaper taking a cocaine. For shame, Jack. A comedian taking a cocaine. I'm shocked and appalled. How could you damage the reputation of our profession in this way? I don't know how he'll ever show his face in the comedy store dressing room again. Though, to be honest, you can never see anyone's face because of all the clouds of cocaine that are flying around in the air. In there. When I first read this story, I thought, surely no one cares, do they? Don't a lot of people take cocaine recreationally these, these days? Is this really a scandal? But then I thought, hold on. Surely no one cares, and it was a bit odd for Whitehall to take a cocaine out in the street, almost like he wanted to be caught in the week his new Channel 4 series started. Surely the whole thing wasn't a publicity stunt, though, was it, for the new show, to make him look edgy and cool, dreamt up by some PR prick when they were taking cocaine with Jack Whitehall. As it occurs to me So utterly unfunny that paradoxically I can only assume it was written as a joke. Well, this week's accurate one-star iTunes reviews comes from AM1975. Who is right? I have deliberately spent 16 weekends of my life so far creating scripts that contain no humour whatsoever. It's an elaborate satire on the nature of comedy itself. It's very clever. If you, dear listener, have laughed at even one thing I've said on here, then the joke is on you. Now time for a celebrity endorsement of my new not-a-parent day of celebration. Hello. It's me, Mother Teresa, or Agnes Gunkabajanka, as I was christened by my parents. It was being given the middle name Gunk 
by my parents when I had a face that looked so much like a gunk that made me decide to not have kids of my own, but to help other people's children instead and use my religion to give them a sense of shame in everything pleasurable they did and ruin their lives too. So I applaud Rich's initiative to rid the world of children or would do if I wasn't dead. <laughs> At least Diana was in the ground before me, though. Take that, bitch! She is, a, she is a vampire. That's why I was making me laugh. She was transgressing into Dracula. Anyway, I was uh, on Friday, Dan. I had a rare night off from gigging, so I realised I could Friday. probably spend... Uh, <laughs> I had uh, one. I had a rare night off from gigging, so I realised I could finally spend some time with my lovely girlfriend who I haven't seen too much recently because I've been so busy writing this rubbish. But the the England match was on TV. I kind of wanted to see it. She isn't interested in football at all. She knows nothing about it, which is fair enough. And she's so lovely, she agreed to watch it with me, even though I've spent the last two weeks talking about how I want to push her into water at any opportunity. (laughs) Perhaps she was happy just to stay in, because there are no bodies of water in my house. But uh, uh, she tried to get involved with the game, even though it was entirely alien to her, and luckily in doing so, made the whole dire spectacle incredibly amusing and entertaining. In fact, I think they may have to introduce a red button option where you can hear the commentary for the match done by my girlfriend, who knows nothing about football. It was brilliant, honestly. She managed to watch ten minutes of the game before asking... Are we the greens or the whites? Ten minutes. She'd been watching it, presumably confused. Uh, early on, one of our players did a precarious back pass, so it's forcing our own keeper to make a save. She said... Ooh, that was good. I said, no, that was bad. That was our goal it was going towards. Oh, oh. Uh, about 35 minutes in England, finally managed a lacklustre attack and a shot that missed by miles, but my girlfriend was upbeat. At least we're near the goal now. That is true. That was a nice way of looking at it. I'm loving this. and not in a sexist girls don't know anything about football way, because I don't know anything about football either. It just was nice to... to have this kind of guileless look at this game of football. My, my favourite remark was in the second half when the morale of the team seemed to have dropped somewhat and the real commentator was being a bit scathing, I have to say. She was concerned. Ooh, can the players hear the commentary? How, how awesome is that? She was worried that they might be upset. Maybe that's why they're not playing so well, but in a way that was why they weren't playing so well, because they were worrying about it. It was very perceptive. Oh, she even said... You? I mean, I feel, I feel bad saying they're useless because they're better than I am, so... Which was debatable on this night, I had to say, but if only the actual commentators had such sensitivity and humility. I said, thanks for watching this with me. You were extremely funny. Mm. You're not going to do another sketch about me on AI Ultimate, AI Ultimate. Are you? Well, I doubt very much that I'm going to be so desperate for material this week that I'll need to do a sketch about the things your girlfriend says when you're watching football. Well, well, good, obvious. because I really don't like the way Emma Kennedy's portraying me on the show. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get all Andrew Collings about it and get all prissy and tell you're not allowed to have a character based on me anymore. But, you know, it's clear she definitely loves you and is using the sketches to try and undermine your confidence in me so she can get off with you. I just don't think that's true. You're being very paranoid. I'm not picking up on that at all. The no, opposite. no, she is, Richard. 
she idolises you. <laughs> and I think you, you know, you want to think very carefully of that, but maybe you should go out with her. I mean, at least she's nearer your age. <laughs> She's much older than I am. I'm not a gerontophile, thank you. She's only a couple of months older than you. Yeah, but in dog months, two months is a long time. Emma is not a dog, is she? (laughs) But, you know, she's a certain age and she hasn't had kids yet and she'll be desperate and ready to try anything, even stooping solo. It's having a child with you. You don't have to worry. I love you. No, no, you don't. I am an idiot, clearly. Nowhere near as good as Emma. You should have kids with her. I won't stand in your way. It's a really odd thing for you to say. No, I... It would make a lovely ending to the series if you two had a child. You must have sex with Emma Kennedy next week's show. Or I will finish with you. Sis, is this real? Am I in the Pandorium? I can't tell you. Well, if you say so, sweetheart, we'll give it a go. As it occurs to me, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Or is that kitten about to get the bombing it deserves? Saturday. It was our sixth music show and Andrew Collins and I were in the unusual position of being preceded and followed by DJs we'd taken the piss out of on our own podcast. Uh, uh, George Lamb, who's been charming to us in real life as he was rude to Ray Davis on his show, was doing his final ever sixth music show. Uh, and Matt Horn from Horden and Corden, uh, whose sketch show we'd mocked, uh, was... Uh, Amazing that someone gets more booze than George Lamb. That's incredible. But uh, he was doing the show after us. It was kind of weird. I don't think they listened to our podcast either them, so it was fine. And we chatted to Matt, who seems like a really nice guy. And I really wanted to ask him if the rumour I had heard was true that he hadn't spoken to James Corden for a year. Uh, I was too chicken to do it, but that's what I'd heard, and I still definitely think it's true anyway. Even though I know I've been the subject of similar rumours that aren't true. A few years ago, this is true, I was drinking with friends in a bar, and a man came up to me. Hey, you're Richard Herring, aren't you? Yeah, I am, yeah. Is it true that you and Stuart Lee aren't talking to each other anymore? No, that isn't true. In fact, look, uh, I was actually talking to Stuart Lee just now. <laughs> there he is. Hello, here I am. Yeah, there he is. In fact, the only reason I'm not talking to him this very second is because you've interrupted me to ask me if I'm not talking to him. That is a... I can't believe that happened, but it did. But sometimes the rumour is more fun than the truth. Once a woman came up to me at a party and said... I've heard about you, what you like to do. Really? What, what's yeah, good? Yeah. What I've heard is that you get women to come back to your bedroom... Yeah, it's normal. ...and you sit in a high-backed armchair... High-backed armchair. <laughs> ...and ask them to dance in front of you, and you sit back, watch them... And wank yourself off. <laughs> that apparently is. Uh... <laughs> that apparently. Not true. They're pulling faces behind me. That apparently. That apparently is the rumour about me. 
but believe me, I have, I've never done anything like that in my life. I, I haven't. I genuinely haven't. But by denying it, that just makes it seem more real. I would tell you if I'd done that. I wouldn't be ashamed. I've admitted to you much worse things to you than that whole fucking champagne bottle in the anus incident. I'd, I'd tell you about Believe me, if I ever did get a woman to come back to my room who was prepared to do anything I asked her, I wouldn't have wasted the opportunity of making her dance whilst I had a wank. I can, I can do that on my own, to be honest. Funny enough, I've heard that exactly that same story told to me, except it was about Jim Bowen. Um... <laughs> doing the wanking not the dancing I've never definitely I've never got Jim Bowen back and made him dance while I wank I really don't start that as a rumour I haven't done that uh, but even though I know it wasn't true about me I still kind of believe it is true about Jim Bowen that's, how, that's the power of these rumours uh, and you now believe it's still true of both of us so he, even though they run counters to all common sense take that story about Mark Ormond in which uh, he's supposed to have been rushed to hospital with stomach pains and the doctors pumped his stomach and found a pint of semen a pint it's very nearly an armful uh, belonging belonging to 30 different men and maybe some animals as well in some versions of the story I mean that is clearly not true on any level firstly even if you did suck off 30 men and a couple of dogs it wouldn't clog up your stomach I'm imagining but (laughs) what kind of hospital would that be where a doctor would say hold on there's an awful lot of semen in this man's stomach more semen than one person could produce I know we're very pressed for time and resources here at the hospital, but I want you to measure its volume and then send it down to the labs to do DNA tests to work out how many different men it has come from and if any of it comes from animals. And make sure you don't keep this sensitive information confidential. In fact, type up a press release and send it to every primary school in the country. It just isn't very likely. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it's not likely. But having said that, I still, I still think it's definitely true that James Corden and Matt Horn haven't spoken for a year. I haven't learned a thing about rooms. As it occurs to me... Yeah, it's presented by a man who gets women to come back to his bedroom. And then he sits in a high-back armchair, asks them to dance, and then he watches them, wanking himself off. Wow. it works as a rumour is because of the high back and mention the chair you think well that's got why would they mention the high back chair the high back time chair you can come round my house cat I haven't got uh, come and have a look if you want to dance there's a little podium and a little stereo there you can come if you want to dance you can but I won't, you know, it's up to you. Anyway, after our show, Andrew and me went to the pub for a drink with our producer, Henry, who was leaving the show after working on it since January. Uh, we ended up having three pints of beer, which was more than I'd meant to. I was a bit tipsy on a Saturday afternoon. I said goodbye to Andrew Collins, promising him once again that he would no longer appear in this show in any form, <laughs> as he had commanded. Bye, Andrew! That's right. <laughs> right. Just... Just wave goodbye, that's for the best. Uh, as I walked up the road to the tube station, uh, I passed a shop uh, that I hadn't noticed before, selling motorcycling clothing. 
I don't like motorcycles. I know nothing about them at all. And I don't like the clothes that motorcyclists wear either. But the shop was empty apart from two members of staff. And in my drunkenness, I wondered what would happen if I went in there and tried to bluff my way through it and pretended I did like motorcycles (laughs) and motorcycle clothing. If I was a madder and edgier and drunker comedian, I would have done it. But again, I was too chicken. But if I could turn back time, thanks to the magic of AI Ottoman... I can. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? Oh, 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 if I could turn back time. Good afternoon. Hi, uh, nice motorcycling clothing shop you've got here. Thanks. Yeah, looking for anything in particular? No, no, just having a look round at all the motorcycling clothes, see what you've got in stock here. If, you, if I see something I like, something suitable for, you know, riding on my motorcycle that I've got, then... Maybe I'll buy me some motorcycling clothes. Yeah, I sure love motorcycling, motorcycling around. Some people like cycling on a normal bike, not me. I say, why pedal around? You can have a bike that doesn't need to be pedaled with all the engine and stuff in it, and it's already just... Right, yeah, well, you know, feel free to have a good look around. Yeah, let's know if there's anything we can help you with. Yep, I sure, I will do that, I'll do that. I love motorcycling. You can't do it naked, can you? <laughs> Worse luck, eh? Sometimes when I'm out there on the open road, on a motorbike, I wish I could be bare-ass naked, but it's not allowed, is it? So I'm going to need me some clothes for to do it in. Well, yeah, you should find something here. We've got an extensive range of clothing. Yeah, you sure do. It's great. Look at that motorcycling top you've got there. That's a pretty... Pretty nice one. Now, I, like, I like all this stuff. Wish I could buy it all. Probably could probably do with hundreds and hundreds of motorcycling costumes in all different sizes because I, I motorcycle around a lot. I love... I bet you both love motorcycling as well. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I envy you that. You're very lucky. Wish I could work somewhere like this too. Be perfect. What with my love of motorcycling around on my, on my motorcycle. Sometimes I just go for a motorcycle or ride when I haven't even got anywhere to go because I love... Motorcycling, so that's, that's me turning the handlebars there, making it go along. So, uh, what bike have you got? Good question. That's a good, good question to ask. And of course, I know the answer straight away. It would be strange if I didn't. I have got me a Kawasaki. Kawasaki motorcycle. That's my baby. I'm hoping Kawasaki. He's a motorbike and not a 1970s wrestler. Well, Kawasaki certainly do have some excellent bikes. Yes, it was a bike. Which Kawasaki are you riding these days? The Kawasaki 792. It's my bike, the old 792. That's what I'm riding at the moment. 792, she's my girl. That's how I ride her. Turning the handlebars like Sometimes doing a wheelie if the pigs aren't around. You know what I'm talking about, mate. Yeah. Sometimes naked at a night time when no one can see. 792, that's a machine for motorcycling on that. You, uh, you don't have a motorbike, do you? No. I don't. I don't. So, so what are you doing in here? Just, I was just passing by. I saw you in here. thought you looked cool. I was a bit lonely and drunk. I and thought maybe I could bluff my way through and become your friend. Oh, this is quite embarrassing. Um, can, I, can I ask, what if, you know, what if it had worked out and we'd somehow been fooled despite your total lack of knowledge about bikes? Yeah. And we'd invited you out biking. What, what would you have done then? I would have um, come along but mm. said my motorcycle wasn't working today 
so I could sit on your one with you. What, what's wrong with you? Can I hang out with you anyway? No, no. no. It would be weird and inappropriate. It just, just leave. What would you say gave me away, exactly? Just go. Can I, can I buy some motorcycling clothes anyway? No, they're only for people who actually have a motorbike. I could get one. Are you going to? No. <laughs> Stop wasting our time and go. I'm sorry. I'm so alone. <laughs> if I could turn back time, what would I do differently? I would make a prick out of myself in a motorcycle clothing shop. If I could turn back time. Thank you. I thought that was. I thought that was funny. Definitely learning through this feature that the ability to turn back time could be a curse and a bad thing as well as a good thing. Anyway, now it's time to go down to our audience to find out what racist and disabled stuff they've been thinking about this week. Is there anyone, anything occurred to anyone this week? Uh, anyone got anything they want to share with us? Yes, sir, what, what's your thing? My family are a bunch of thieves and psychos. Your family are a bunch of thieves and psychos, and that has occurred to you this week, has it, sir? <laughs> What have they done this week to show you that? Stole my USB key. They stole, they stole my USB. You, your USB key. <laughs> They're a bunch of thieves and psychos, aren't they? Do they borrow your USB key? Is that what happened? They didn't give it back. They didn't give it back this week. Maybe they'll give it back in a couple of days. Then Michael got in a fight with his main competitor. Who, you, who got in a fight? Michael. Uncle. <laughs> Your uncle, Michael. Thanks for sorting that. We were we were a bit confused. I thought I thought the motorcycle sketch had gone badly. <laughs> um, it did. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Made me laugh in rehearsal. Uh, good. Well, thanks for sharing. What's your name? Adam. Andrew. Andrew. What's your second name? You're not saying. You're not that drunk. So, um, anyone else? It can't go any worse. Yes, sir. Hello there, sir. When I was uh, 17, I told a really racist joke to my uh, future wife's family. Well, that didn't happen this week, and I don't like the sound of where that's going. So we'll move, we'll move to uh, the lady behind you. Uh, hello there, madam. What's, what have you got for us? I took the piss out of your name. Your sur- is your surname Pritchard? Is you, are you Jenny Pritchard? <laughs> Fuck, I'm a, I'm a like fucking memory man. Pritchard is a ridiculous name. It's ludicrous. Your mum wants to kill me. How come and have a go, Mrs. Pritchard, you idiot with your idiotic name, if you can if you can fight me with people not laughing at you with Pritchard. It isn't funny, that's why it's funny to say it's funny. My mum's furious. No one's ever said it's a funny name before. My name's Richard. It's nearly the same name. But thanks for coming along. Uh, anyone else? Uh, hello, right down in the front. My friend Krisha had a sex dream about me. Your friend Krisha had a sex dream about me. It happens a lot, don't be embarrassed. What, what did I do? Did I make you dance on a, while I wanked in a chair? How, how was the back of the chair? Was it high back? Because that's, that's the thing that annoys me most. I don't have a high back chair. What, what happened? Just tell me, Krisha, we'll cut this bit out. My girlfriend might listen. It was in Bristol. It was in Bristol. I've, I've been to Bristol. I can go again if you want to... What? It was in Bristol. That's the thing you remember. I don't really remember much about the sex. I was looking around going, oh, there's, yeah, there's the suspension bridge. When will this be over? Thank you for having a sex dream about me. I'll try and return the favour. 
I can get us some lucid dreaming going tonight. Anyone else got anything for us? Uh, right, we'll go for that. I can't see if it's a man or a woman. It's so far back. I'm guessing it's a man. There's a beard, I think, there. Yes. Your elderly neighbour bagged up lots of cat crap. Wow, it's a cat-based story. The, uh, the elderly neighbour bagged up lots of your cat's cat crap, so it was your fault, really. And then left a note saying, can you house train your cat properly? Yeah. I'm on their side, mate. I mean, you're, you're a young man. You think, hey, why the fuck should I clean up the shit of my own cats? What's the say? I'm old now. It's fucking annoying. Clean up. Take some responsibility. <laughs> it's good. It's good for one for the old folks. Yeah, hello there, sir. Another beard. Right. I'm not necessarily going to re- relay this one to the people at home. That literally could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so your friend's friend went out with me for a while, comma, and then did I make a dance? Was it the wanking in the chair <laughs> that, that made her stop? He was a bit weird, apparently, in the uh, sexual request. I was, I was a bit weird in the sexual request <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> Any information on how I was weird? Was it the high back chair? <laughs> I don't think I am weird. I'm happy to tell you everything I've done. Uh, Remind me, I've got, I've got a cat crap story. You've got a cat crap story, of course you have. <laughs> Anyone? We'll go for a couple more, see if we can get this show on the road. No? Oh, yes, hello. Oh, right, yes, hello. TV's Emma Kennedy tell you she was on TV again last TV's Emma Kennedy was on TV again? Wow. That's what she does. What was she on? Was I? Apparently. Apparently? Did you watch? (laughs) Did you? What was I on? Have you been on the imdb.com? Davina McCall. Oh, yes. I I I saw you on TV. Yeah, I... I, I, Sitting in the audience. I was just sitting in the audience. I went to the launch night of Big Brother. And, um... Yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, as Davina's guest and um, swip swoop and I just went on big mouth I, I wasn't there as a, as a guest guest I was just there to have a laugh and get pissed that was it really I was drunk still better than me in the dream did I make any did I make any weird things that you would think were weird because it might just be that the person I was going out with was, didn't know about sex and stuff so thought thought you know that's what that's he texted her back and said, what does she consider to be weird? Because, you know, maybe but some people a, think we, we oral do, sex is weird. Richard, we can deal with this very easily. What? Did he have a bifurcated <laughs> penis? <laughs> no. Do you know what a bifurcated penis you. is? It was, Ch- it was Charlie. Was it like a front? <laughs> it was Charlie Bomb. It was James Martin. Even in my dreams, people are pretending to be me. It was Dom Jolly. <laughs> It was me from the 1990s. <laughs> oh. Peter Farm. <laughs> Let's go for one more. It'd be better if it's not about something I've done to some horrible sex crime I've done. Hello, sir. Yeah. Oh, that man. Yeah, I've got. Actually, I've got one. Didn't you rape me earlier this week, Richard? Was uh... I went to see Stuart Lee last night. You went to see Stuart Lee? Um, graffiti in the toilet. Yeah, graffiti in the toilet. I enjoyed it. 
Stuart Wee. Stuart Wee. You emailed me about this, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Wee. It's good. And it was in the ladies' toilet. That is the level of humour. I changed Stuart Lee's name uh, from Stuart Lee to Stuart Wee in the West London phone book uh, 1990. I was working for BT at the time. I'm not that good. I didn't sneak into the building going, ah, I'll use my cat burglar powers. More cats. All uh, right, we will. Have, have you uh, give us your cat poo story, Emma? Okay, so uh, I, I, uh, my sister, I think her name was Bex Bitch Drummer on um, Twitter. But uh, uh, do you not think that people are either dog people or cat people, yes? Who's, who's a dog person? Yay! Cat people? Yay! Hate all animals? Yay! <laughs> so, uh, Bex, Bitch, Bex Bitch Drummer on Twitter uh, wrote to me to tell me that her boyfriend's mother had a cat and had done for many years, but she was pregnant, and she gave birth to the baby. And this cat was so umbridged at the presence of a new babe in the house that it sort of padded its way over to uh, the boyfriend's mother, who'd just given birth, l- lest we forget, I think it was a home birth, she'd just given birth, and she did a shit on her chest (laughs) and then left the house and never came back. Don't come here with shit stories because Emma Kennedy will always be you. (laughs) Let's go, Christian. As it occurs to me, the mob have spoken and now it's time for the mob to shut up. Uh, hello, uh, it's King Herod here. Uh, King Herod, yes, that's right. That's right, the man who thought that three strange blokes would come back and tell him where Jesus was. Oh, I'll never trust anyone again. No, right, uh, I hated kids. Uh, remember, I killed all the ones under two in Bethlehem. Still didn't get Jesus. Ooh. Oh, I'll get you one day, Jesus. Uh, uh, but still, even though, yeah, all that. Uh, I can't support Richard's Not Parent Day, uh, but I really like getting those cards with the pasta on from my kids. Well, the ones I haven't killed. The other ones over two. He uh, did. Uh, he did. King Herod did kill a couple of his kids. As in a story. Oh right, bring it up. Yes. <laughs> Rub it in. Anyway, uh, good luck, England with Slovenia. <laughs> I've been told to say. Thanks. Thanks, King Herod. <laughs> And uh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, on Saturday, Dan, I was uh, I was walking through Saturday. I was um, <laughs> I'm a bit worried because uh, I said to them before. I said, "Well, hopefully the uh, you know, I really like the motorcycling sketch. Hopefully that'll go really well because I don't think the other sketches are as good as that one." So um, I was walking through. I really love that motorcycle. <clears throat> I was walking... Yeah, laugh at it now, you fuckers. <laughs> I was walking through Trafalgar Square on the way to... I was doing two gigs that night. I was going to the first one. I went a man in the back of a taxi that was driving on the road just around Trafalgar Square. He wound down his window and shouted... Rich! Rich! Tell us a joke, mate! 
I mean, that isn't the ideal medium for comedy, is it? A movie, a cab's going at full speed, still passing by quickly. Uh, I, I, I had about a nine-second window in which to get my joke. Even if I was the kind of comic to do pithy one-liners, which I'm not, it would be hard to select one that would be amusing from a standing start in these rushed circumstances. He recognised that time was already running out. Quick, quick! I, mean, I don't know what to do. Maybe I could take a chance and shout out a catchphrase from as it occurs to me, like, clack a lack a dack dack But, yeah, what if he liked my old stuff and hadn't heard the show? He'd be like... I wanted a joke, not a random selection of noises. Or, what if I went for cumpkins? It's dumpkins now, Grandad. <laughs> so maybe, I think, looking at him, I was trying to guess, I thought maybe he was a Lee and Herring fan, and I thought I could go for one of the catchphrases from that. But one of the less obvious ones, like, I'm wanking as I write this. Um, but even if he understood that, it was, which was unlikely, then uh, how would the innocent bystanders around me feel? <laughs> maybe I could just do my Tam DL impression. <laughs> Not unless you give me a but I could just look like an insane Scotchman standing in Trafalgar Square shouting nonsense and stinking of the booze I'd been drinking earlier and I'd be either attacked by the other insane Scotchman in Trafalgar Square shouting nonsense and stinking of booze or worse still, be forced to join them and keep up the pretense that I was one of them for the rest of my life. I could try and start something and hope the traffic lights would turn red, so longer routine, but the man was of Asian extraction. What if I'd started my routine from last year's Hitler moustache? I have started to wonder if maybe racists have a point. And then the car had zoomed off. The, the man would never get to hear my clever subversion of that idea, and he'd tell all his friends... Do you remember the TV series Fist of Fun? No. No, nobody does, but um, I saw one of the blokes from it. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Didn't he write Jerry Springer, the opera? No, no, not him, the other one. Uh, Richard Herring. He's a racist now. Oh, no, he can't be. Oh, let, let, let's Google him on my pin pod. Oh, you're right. He's dressed himself up as Hitler. This article in The Guardian says he hates Pakistanis and thinks black people should be deported. Oh, oh no wonder he didn't want to tell me a joke. I'm not racist. They, they quoted me out of context in that paper. I really just don't like jokes. I can never remember them. So all I came up with at the last minute was, I don't really know any jokes. You've lost it, mate. <laughs> Perhaps I conceded and he was gone. As it occurs to me Sting! Saturday! After my gig, I walk back through Trafalgar Square again to take a look at the new statue of HMS Victory in a Bottle that's currently on the fourth empty plinth. They've been doing some interesting stuff out there in Trafalgar Square with that space over the last year. It's worth a visit if you're in London or want to have a look. Uh, but it got me thinking about the other statues in the square, which are, I think, less interesting than the new ones. The one of Nelson, probably that's going to be a keeper, but... <laughs> What about the other three main statues? Does anyone know what those other three statues are in Trafalgar Square? Lions. No, not the lions. There's ones of men. There's, four, there's three ones of the, the, the four. King George, which one? King, is King George V? No, it's not. It's King George IV. Who was, uh, he was a king, so you might expect some statues to him. But he's generally acknowledged as one of the worst monarchs this country has ever had. Fat and lazy. That's one of the people. Who are the other two? Anyone? A man on a horse, that's King George IV, unfortunately, he's not instantly recognisable. The other two are Charles James Napier, 
Remember him? And uh, Henry Havelock. All the amazing Britons who could be celebrated in this square, and yet these chumps get to be here. I think it's a disgrace. Charles Napier, in case you haven't heard of him, was a British general who took part in the now embarrassing imperialism and helped conquer Pakistan. He said things like this. The best way to quiet a country is a good thrashing, followed by great kindness afterwards. Even the wildest chaps are thus tamed. That was him, and he also said... The human mind is never better disposed to gratitude and attachment than when softened by fear. Nice guy. That's, uh, he deserves a statue as one of the best four people in England. Henry Havelock, I don't need to tell you why he's there or what he did, because underneath the statue it says... Soldiers, your labours, your privations, your sufferings and your valour will not be forgotten by a grateful country. And they haven't been, have they? We all know what he and his soldiers did. Anyone? Yeah, he's, he was in the India Mutual, you're right. It looks like the country isn't as grateful as it once was. Hubris, thy name is Henry Havelock. He helped crush the Indian mutiny of 1857 before himself dying of dysentery. What a shame. And yeah, it's the fourth plinth where they keep changing the statue around. These ones are secure, have been there for ages. The fat, useless king, the men who killed Indians and Pakistanis. I think it's time we pulled down those effigies like they're Saddam Hussein and replaced them with ones of people who deserve celebration. Maybe uh, tiny, tiny Andrew Collins could be one of them. <laughs> In memory, may he rest in peace. As it occurs to me, the only topical comedy show that tells it like it is. Major General Sir Henry Havelock was a massive prick. And we're glad that he shat himself to death in luck now. In November 1857, it will never be forgotten by a grateful nation. Bad luck now, bad luck now, bad, bad luck now. Well, wouldn't like to be, uh, wouldn't like to be Sir Gen Major General Sir Henry Havelock tomorrow morning when this goes out. Anyway, now it's time for another celebrity endorsement. Hello, it's Susan Boyle here. Sybil, I'm not mental. Until I failed to win Britain's Got Talent, I'd never been kissed. And I would have supported your anti-parents' day. But no, I have myself a bonny wee boyfriend, Daniel, who done a spunk right up me. Harry clack a lack a dack dack did you, Tom? A game porridge went right up into your bagpeeps. <laughs> you did. Right up me bagpeeps. <laughs> and no, we're having a tiny baby. I'm the happiest girl in the world, Tom. Come on, let's sing. Don't go breaking my heart. I can turn the factory. I'm furiously. Do I give you money? I don't want your ring. I've told you. I need to get up the front bottom. Keep it away from my bookcases. Don't open bookcases, boys. Don't go breaking my bookcases. Yeah, you're right, that's... Yeah, that's... That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Idiot. Pearls before swine. Anyway, that was nice. Uh, over to Christian Riley for another song. Uh, that we just had one beautiful song. This one won't be quite as good. It's his weekly topical song, and Christian Riley. <laughs> OK, is that coming out? Is that coming out? OK, this week, uh, it's really bothered me. 
Uh, there seems to be a consensus across the board in the media that we're in deep financial shit and we're all going to have to pay for it in a form of painful cuts of one or, one or another in public spending. And as it occurs to me, there is a massive blind spot in everybody's calculations. I'm going to tell you all about it now. There's a hole in our budget, dear people, dear people, and you all got to plug in, dear people, it's going to be painful. Well, I beg your pardon, Chancellor, but there's something that you missed. There's a way to make it all add up. Don't have to cut public services. Are you ready for this? Let's take Bono's money. Let's spend it on schools. Let's take Bono's money. Build some new hospitals. Let's take Bono's cash. Paul McCartney's instincts And you could call it a tax On sanctimony and wings Pick them up by the feet And turn them upside down Empty their bank accounts Put them on benefits And Simon Cow Cause there's too much money in this world More than people know what to do with And if you think that I'm delusioned I'll just ask Elton John's florist <laughs> If you feed the poor You're a saint, you're a savior Ask why they are poor You're a commie, you're a traitor Fuck charity and fuck philanthropists. They don't work hard enough to put themselves out of the philanthropy business. So let's take Bono's money. Redistribute wealth. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett ain't gonna do it themselves. Let's take every penny made by the misery of Coldplay and give every psychiatric nurse a pay raise. Let's globally nationalize Goldman Sachs. Make Rupert Murdoch pay 300% tax. Take Tony Blair's 300 million pounds to an Iraqi orphanage and spread it around. What kind of a sick society is this when Dido and Sade are worth 60 million fucking quid? (laughs) The opposite of poor ain't rich. The opposite of poor is justice. So let's take Bono's money. Riley, Riley. Christian Riley, you never know, do you? Is it going to be political or is it going to be about some spunk? You never know. Which it, it was political this week. It was a political. That's the end of the show and the end of our run here at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thanks to all the staff for their help, especially Adam and Julie. But never fear, the series does continue. Uh, The last two shows are coming from the Bloomsbury Theatre. So do get tickets for that if you can. And then our Edinburgh special is on August 17th at the Assembly Rooms. Book now, it's selling fast, I'm guessing. Uh, go to www.richardherring.com for all the details uh, usually as you know there'll be some kind of hilarious bit to end the show on here involving tiny Andrew Collins but the real Andrew Collins generally won't let, won't let me do that anymore I have to respect that aside I don't respect it I think he's being a knob end but in any case this week unfortunately I, I just ran out of writing time it was bound to happen one of these fine days this was the day. Uh, I've already lost my mind. What do you want from me? Blood. See you next time. As it occurs to me, it was written and performed by Richard Herring with Dan Tesla and me, TV Emma Kennedy. Christian Riley with all the musical bits and it was produced by Ben Walker. 
With thanks to Damien Caldwell, Kelly Enfield, Alice Russell, Matt Ricardo, Rob Sedgbeer, and everyone at the Blessed Square Theatre. A special thanks to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guy. This is an Avalon Sky Potato Ben Walker's bifurcated penis production for the internet. And we'd be prepared to move to GMTV for £4 million. But we're waiting. Do you want us or not, GMTV? Come on, you'll lose us at that rate. Really uh, yeah. oh. disappointed with that motorcycling sketch. Yeah. I thought it would work. It just didn't oh didn't go down at all, did it? Can't believe how. No, we just we just didn't gel at all as a team. Did we? Oh. Pathetic. I thought I was all right. <laughs> you were good, Christian. Uh, no, you yeah, were good yeah. for you. You were excellent for you. But I don't know why I keep playing you when Mitch Ben is waiting on the subs bench. So. And the subs bench is bending. Excuse me, I'm looking for the toilet. Sorry, sorry, mate. You're in the wrong place. Just there's a line of just. stinking nerds through there. It's, I'm here, I'm, I'm going to have my say. Richard, we spent a lot of money getting here. Ten pounds? Yeah, t- ten pounds plus tube fare. That, that yeah, might not be much to you, feet. living your life of luxury, earning your 85 pounds and 11 pence a week. But us ordinary folks wouldn't earn that much in a lifetime. And we rely on you to cheer us up and get us through. Then you give us this awful, embarrassing, half-hearted performance. This is a disgrace. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You've no idea how hard doing this show is for me. I've tried my best. I've been professional as I can. If you don't like it, I'm sorry if that's not good enough for you. It's bad luck. Oh, what's that sound? Is that the world's tiniest violin? (gasps) Fuck off. That was woeful and not good enough. And you couldn't even be bothered to do a funny denouement. You've let down your tens of fans tonight. (laughs) I hate my tens of fans and I hate you. The charming Richard Herring, unperverted character I play on the podcast. That is just a character. In real life, I'm horrible, so piss off. Yeah. Fuck off, you cock-juggling thunder cunt. (laughs) Yeah. We've, we've got your money now, and I am going to spend it on a slightly ill-fitting jacket from Primark. Yeah. <laughs> he gets one every week. It's a mystery to us. And, and what about you, tiny Andrew Collings? Usually you're the star player, funniest thing in the show. But this week it was like you weren't even there. A boo! Oh, no, it's nice to see... <laughs> Nice to see your own fans are booing you. Oh, that's what loyal support is. Aside, no, it isn't. I was actually being sarcastic. How dare you speak to your fans like that? Apologise. No, I will not. Apologise. Oh, 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 he's giving me a Chinese burn. Oh, oh, I am truly very sorry. Aside, I'm not sorry. I'm obviously totally being forced to make this apology against my will. I believed in you. I thought that finally this might be the series that won you a Sony Award after 43 years of hurt. You could at least tell us a joke. Don't know any jokes. <laughs> a comedian who doesn't know any jokes. I'm beginning to suspect that that is the joke. It was so bad tonight that I'd rather have been in Earl's Barton. Oh. 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 That, that was harsh. Oh, that, that smarted. Really awful. Thank you very much. That was uh, Ben Walker, ladies and gentlemen. That was Ben Walker. He produced that. He produced it. Thank you very much. See you next time.